You know, what I'm going to be talking about today is a game changer. And regardless of what team that was, I was just looking for an object lesson for a game changer. And we saw somebody who was there for, was it 3 to 24 at halftime, then it was 10 to 31, eight minutes before the game was over, and then the, who was the guys with the wings there? Uh, yeah, Eagles or Falcons or something? But they came back, you know, and, and beat them 38 to 31 in, in eight minutes. I mean, so we see a game changer, and we could all use a game changer in our own lives, could we not? Well, before we get into the lesson, I'm, I'm almost doing it already, but I want to talk to you about a couple things. Number one, thank all of you who are involved in any way in helping us get our elevator in. And I was just so thankful this morning. Several people have talked to me already, and it's just like, you know, Pastor Ron, I said, oh, wow. So I'm back. So I just couldn't get in the building before. And it was worth it for one person, was it not? There's a lot more than one, one person. So we're just thankful for all the, of you who have invested your time and energy and, and resources to help make that happen. And uh, all you folks who served and, and the people who we've hired to put that in, majority of them come from our church. You know, they have a business to do different things and do an excellent job. And we're just thankful. We want to kind of get the, the word out to people. Let me see. Do I have that flyer? Yeah, on the uh, flyer... It says on there, you know, and it came down to the wire. We weren't sure as of Friday night who was going to be able to use it or not. But it says here, went out to 20,000 people. We are now handicap accessible with the elevator. I want to know, though, how many of you actually got this in your mail? There's a bunch who didn't. So this went out to everybody, you know, around us, 20,000 of them went out. And everybody who is an attender at Faith Living Church. So if you would help me, uh, if you'll jot down on your connections card or even go back to the connections desk, if you did not get one in the mail, you should have. And we want to know, we want to update you because we send out a flyer like this. It's an awesome flyer. Same thing as up here. Yeah, it's a flyer. You know what I'm saying? Flyer. Uh, but you don't want to miss out any of the things that we do promote from time to time. So if you can let us know that you know, you didn't get one that helped us to update uh, your, your address in there. And uh, we appreciate that. Let's see. Uh, also, if um, you are willing to help us in our usher ministry, in the parking lot attendance and the usher attendance, really want to have enough of uh, people over in the parking lot across the street, you know, who can help people get parked and welcome people here and give them some direction for the new folks. And out here in the back, which will all be handicapped parking, back there and some folks to help run the elevator and get people in and out and, and so forth. So if you're willing to help us serve in that ministry, and I wish everybody in our church was on the usher team and we could rotate and it wouldn't overwork anybody with all the multiple services that we have, but we could help out in that area. I mean, men and ladies uh, alike. So we appreciate those who would help us out in that area. And then finally, you know, today's a, a fun day, Super Bowl. Everybody's going to go home and, you know, uh, talk about why they're not going to watch the Super Bowl or why they are going to watch the Super Bowl and whatever, and that's okay. But um, when when it comes time and you are watching, you know, I shared with y'all uh, probably about three years ago that this is one of the biggest times out of the year when pimps are bringing, you know, slaves, girls, nine years old and 
on up. They bring them in to any hub, any transportation hub where they got airlines and, you know, motels to accommodate all the people who are coming in for the Super Bowl and motels, you know, restaurants and whatever. But there's more girls who are brought in, not only from the United States, but from all over the world to cash in on all these people who come to the Super Bowl that's got money in their pockets. And there are more slaves right now in the United States than there was back during Abraham Lincoln's day. And that's not just fictitious, that's true. So if, as you're enjoying the ball game, take a moment from time to time and pray that God would rescue those young ladies. You know, we did that a few years ago, and we saw in the news that night and that next morning, hundreds of them had been rescued, and a lot of pimps went to jail. And a, and a pimp gets caught with those girls, he goes to jail for life. And I say amen, you know, <laughs> to that, you know. But uh, so be praying for those, you know, uh, because that's what happens. And we can stick our head in a hole in the ground like an ostrich does and act like bad things don't happen in our, our world, but they do. And I do believe that praying makes a difference. So please uh, join us in praying for those uh, precious people who are caught up in slavery right now. Okay. Uh, so we want to talk about the, the game changer, and I ask you to forgive me if, if you didn't like that particular video clip. Now, one of our guys on our worship team, that would have been Kyle Gearwar. Y'all know Kyle? Yeah, he told me to check out that clip. Okay, so if you don't like it, you take it up with Kyle, okay? <laughs> and if you do like it, take it up with Kyle. Say, way to go, Kyle, you know, all right? Nah. Well, I want to talk about game changers and, you know, the game changers in our own life. And I think all of us could use a, a game changer from time to time, could we not? You know, you, you, you want to succeed in what God's called you to do. You want to prosper. You, you want to say, nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, the rest of my life I want to fail. Nobody does that. You want to, you want to have a comeback. If you're trailing and you're kind of getting a little hopeless, you, you, you want to have a comeback, you know. And, and a more fantastic comeback than what we saw with the Eagles against the Giants, you know. That was okay in the sports world, and it was very inspiring, but I'm talking about a comeback in your life, in the game of life, to have a comeback. I'm talking about a, a game changer, and that's very, very possible in your life. And, and maybe you're facing right now the biggest and the, the baddest obstacles that you've ever faced in your life. And, and that's very possible because we all deal with obstacles, don't we? All of us do. And they're standing right in our way. You know, they're, they're blocking our progress and blocking our success, stopping us. And uh, from, well, you know, I, you know I, I can handle moving this goal back a little bit. The devil wants to block your potential at gaining yardage. And isn't yardage something important in a, in a football game? I mean, if you gain one yard, it could be the difference between losing or winning the Super Bowl. Lord have mercy, we're going to have some raw material I can use, hopefully, after 6.30 today, that we can use for the rest of the series, maybe, hopefully. But we do want to gain yardage, don't we? We want to succeed. We want to prosper in what God has called us to do. And maybe you're facing right now impossible-looking Situations. I emphasize looking, impossible looking situations. But I want to look in our Bible here 
this morning. And before I do, you know, uh, if you play football, they have a playbook. And th- there's nothing really in that playbook like, hey, this is the most newest and improved. We threw the old playbook away and we got new stuff. No, it's, it's a lot of the old basics that you get into muscle memory and you practice and you get better and faster and stronger and, and all. So what we look at today may not be anything new. Maybe it's just kind of some older things that God's been telling us. And, you know, uh, men and women have been discipled for the last several Hundreds of years, thousands of years uh, through some of the things we're going to see. But it's life-changing. It genuinely is a game-changer. And uh, Jesus says here in Matthew 19, 26, he says, Jesus looked at them intently and he said, humanly speaking. And would you say those two words with me? Humanly speaking. Humanly speaking, it is impossible. And we all have dealt with things that you may have felt like was impossible. Humanly speaking, Jesus says, it is impossible. But with God, what's the next word? Everything is possible. Now, that's going to be your choice whether you agree with God or you disagree with him, but I kind of like the idea of agreeing with him, you know. I kind of like the idea of having a game changer. I kind of like the idea of having a comeback that's just absolutely spectacular. You know, when the devil tries to bombard us and push us down. So, I'm choosing to believe what Almighty God says. With God, man, he's he's a game changer. With God, everything is possible. Let me read that verse out of the Message Bible. Jesus looked hard at them and said, No chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. No chance at all. And aren't there a lot of things in life that you know that? I can't pull that off by myself. You know, but then Jesus goes on to say, every chance in the world, if you trust God to do it, trust, believe. It's talking about having faith here. And see, faith is the game changer. It genuinely is. And it's such a small thing in reality, but it brings back such a, about such an awesome, fantastic change. Now, I want to read to you quite a few verses out of the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. And I would encourage you, when you go home today, sometime, just read one chapter, at least, Hebrews chapter 11, and whatever your translation happens to be. But let me just hit a couple of highlights, or a few highlights in this chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and it says faith. Now remember, faith is the game changer. It says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. And the word confidence, that's part of the definition of hope. Hope, it means the confident expectation for future success. That's the definition of hope. The confident expectation for future success. And it says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Faith is a game changer. He goes on here in verse 2, it says, Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. No matter what their reputation had been, through faith they earned a good reputation. Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. Now there are people who trust in mere humans, and mere humans say, Oh no, we evolved from a little piece of slime 
in the sea years ago, and our grandmama is a gorilla or something or another. You know, and I understand that, but the Bible says, verse 3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. You know. Anyhow, verse 4 says, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering, giving evidence that he was a righteous man. Faith is the game changer. Verse 5 says it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. Faith is a game changer. You know, he goes on to say, for before he was taken up, he was known as a person who, what's that say? Who pleased God. Now let me ask you, do you want to please God? Genuinely? The next verse tells us how to do it. Verse 6, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. But you can have as much faith, every one of you can have as much faith as you want. And that's the truth of it. You genuinely can. You know, and faith is a game changer. It says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him, there's two things. You must believe that God exists and believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If you want to please God, you got to have faith. Being a doubtful person, fearful, anxious person does not please him. But a man or a woman who goes, I believe what you said. That pleases God. And there's ways that you say, well, I want to, but I just don't know how. Well, we'll talk about that as we go on uh, in here. So, picking up uh, in verse 6, it says, And it is impossible to please God... I'm just acting like I don't hear that thing, you know, at the moment. <laughs> and it is impossible to please God without faith. I hope that wasn't mine going off, was it? Okay. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and must believe that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Verse 7, it was by faith that Noah built a large boat. What did they call that boat? The ark. It was faith that caused him to build this giant boat on the top of a mountain. You know, it was by faith. And faith was a game changer. It changed the game for his family, did it not? When all the other inhabitants drowned on this planet. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God. You see, when you have faith, you just do what God says. Because you believe him, you trust him. And it don't have to look like it's going to work. It's just, you said it, that settles it, you know. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who had warned him about things that had never happened before. Never had there been water. Never had there been a flood that they had any record of where water came up that high on a mountain. You know, verse 8 says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. It was a game changer, his faith, to obey God, regardless of whether it made sense or not. And verse 9 says, And even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. Verse 10 says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Verse 11 says it was by faith. Remember, faith is the game changer. 
It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren. And she was, you know, 90-something years old. Never had a child, boy or girl, anything, all her life. And it says it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. Faith was a game changer. She had a comeback, you see. Verse 17 says, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. 19 says, Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to even bring him back to life again. Verse 20, it was by faith that Isaac, verse 21, it was by faith that Jacob, verse 22, it was by faith that Joseph, throughout Hebrews 11, it tells us about game-changing things that happened in all these men and women's lives. So read it in, in, in detail later on. Verse 23, it says it was by faith that Moses, his parents hid him for three months when he was born. Verse 24, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse uh, 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one who was invisible. How do you keep your eye on someone who's invisible? By faith. And faith is a game changer, see. And you can know that you're following God. You can know it. Verse 28 says, It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn son. All the Egyptians, their firstborn sons, were killed that night. God told them, you got to put lamb's blood on the doorpost and the, the angel of death will pass over. That's where the whole term Passover came from. The angel of death will pass over. And all of God's people, there was no death found in their household. But those who didn't believe, all their oldest sons died that night. Anyhow, it says, uh, <clears throat> verse 29, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea. They walked across it as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. Verse 30, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days. And what happened? The walls came crashing down. See, faith is a game changer. Verse 31, it says it was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, she was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. She had hid them because they were going to kill them. And, and she became a believer. Now, can God forgive somebody because of the sins of their past? Absolutely. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And we were getting examples of that throughout the Old Testament of what was coming one day. Verse 32 says, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the fate of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and all the, it would take too long to go through all of it, where faith changed the game of life for them. Verse 33, it says, by faith these people overthrow kingdoms, ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. It was the faith factor here, you see. That was the game changer. Faith is that game changer. They became strong in battle, and they put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. Faith is the game changer. Verse 39 says, 
All these people earned a good reputation because of what? Their faith. See, faith is a game changer, and it genuinely changes things. And I believe that each and every one of us are in for, in the future, we're in for a game changer. And I'm talking about a positive one as we just learn what he tells us about faith. Listen to what it says in Jeremiah 17, 5. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. They put their trust in the creature, in the creation, but not in the creator. He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, and they turn their hearts away from God. You, you remember when people put their trust in man? This guy kind of, he built a big boat. I think they called it the Titanic. And he was pretty arrogant when he said, hey, even God can't sink this ship. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Don't ever say something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mere humans were created in the image of God. But when we think that we don't need God, we're the ones who are mistaking. So, and read again, we're going to move on. This is what the Lord says, Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They who put their trust in mere humans, they are like stunted shrubs. What's a stunted shrub? Underdeveloped? It's underdeveloped. It never matured. It never grew to its full potential. They are like stunted shrubs in the, the desert. Let me ask you a question. Is your faith stunted? Has your faith reached its full potential? He says, they're, they're like stunted shrubs who, whose faith is in mere humans. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. I went and visited that place once upon a time. One of those places that you can describe like that, a place called Death Valley. I mean, it's so low. Everything runs to there. And even if you were to happen to find a little bit of water, it's so filled with minerals and salt, it would kill you to drink it. And I wonder why they call it Death Valley. You know, I mean, me and some guys went out there. We were looking at it. It's like, man, oh, man, oh, man. For miles and miles and miles, as far as you could see, you wouldn't want to be stranded out there. I think it was 98 degrees when we were there at 9 o'clock at night, Okay. And the Bible says the people who put their trust in mere humans are like a stunted shrub with no hope. And they will live in the barren wilderness on the salty flats where no one lives. That's the people who put their trust in mere humans. It says in verse 7, but blessed are those. And this is talking about you. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord. See, faith is a game changer. God can do anything and everything for the people who believe in him and who are with him. You know, I'm talking about unshakable faith and unshakable God. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Verse 8 says, they, talking about those who trust, you know, those who believe, those who have faith in, they are like trees, not stunted shrubs that are underdeveloped, 
But the people who put their trust or their faith in the Lord, they are like trees planted along a riverbank, a riverbank with roots that reach down deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat. They're not worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Faith is a game changer. It says if you've got faith in God, your roots are running down deep beside a river, and you're just soaking up all the water from that river. You're not a stunted shrub. You're an awesome, magnificent, mature tree. And let me read on. Let me back up again. It says, with roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green. It's a photosynthesis is going on there, you know? And they go right on producing fruit, delicious fruit, for those who understand that faith in God is a game changer. Colossians 2, 7 says, let your roots grow down into him, into a close, vibrant relationship with Jesus. Let your roots grow down into him as you trust in him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. See, whatever your roots go down into, you draw it up. I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but you can take a stalk of celery, you know, cut it off down there at the, the base, stick it in a glass of water, put some red food coloring in it, and it will draw the red food coloring up in the, the veins of the celery. You know what I'm talking about? You can take a white carnation and cut the stem off, you know, stick it in a, uh, a, a vase of blue water, and a white carnation will get blue streaks all in it. It draws up whatever it is in. So if you and I would let our roots go down, grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love, we would draw it up. And you're going, oh, what's the big deal about love? I will tell you in just a little bit. If, if faith is a game changer, you cannot ignore the love part. It's really critical. And we'll talk about that as we go on. So... Matthew chapter 3, verse five, uh, 13, verse 5, it says, Other seed fell on shallow soil. There's a, is there a difference between deep soil and shallow soil that goes down and hits a big rock? Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The plants sprang up quickly, but they soon wilted beneath the hot sun. Now, you wouldn't have wilted if your roots went deep into the water of the river that you're by, but... They soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Are you shallow in your relationship with God? Are you shallow when it comes to reading God's word? Are you shallow in, your, in worship and, and in communicating with God, talking to him? We call that prayer. Are you shallow in acting upon what the Bible says to do? Are you shallow? Understand what happens when we're shallow. We go down, we hit a rock, you know, and then it gets hot. The heat. What happens when our roots are very, very shallow? Well, Ephesians tells us this. It says in Ephesians 3, 17, it says, And I pray that Christ will be more. I'm seeing roots going down deeper and deeper. That Christ will be more 
and more at home in your hearts. That we'll draw more of him up into our lives. More of his marvelous love up into our lives. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. This is not new stuff. This is old stuff. This is what has helped to train all the heroes of the past. The heroes of faith. Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in education. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, it says have faith in God. Now, don't misunderstand me. Education is a wonderful thing. But you never put all your trust in mere humanity. Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, he said. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Well, my faith is a little underdeveloped. Well, develop it. That's a choice that you and I will make. We can make that. We'll see in a moment. It says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Now, Jesus said that. I did not write that. He said that. Verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for... So that, that is relevant to everybody here. What is it that you need from Almighty God? He said, you can pray for anything, and if you, what's that word? Believe. That's talking about trust. That's talking about having faith. And if you believe about the things you're praying for, whatever it might be, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe you've, you've received it, it will be yours. I'm going to tell you, faith is the game changer. And on football, you may not see that many game changers. I don't know. But when it comes to this place right here and all the people I look out and see and those who are at home watching online, I do know every one of you have the potential of experiencing a game changer in your own life. If we will develop our faith, and that's going to be a choice that, that we'll make, you know, am I going to develop my faith or not? And our faith must be in God and his word alone. Not just faith in science or faith in this and faith in our political system and faith in that and that and that. We're talking about having faith in Almighty God. And listen to what he says here in Romans 10, 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news. Everybody don't welcome this. So sometimes you start talking about this book and people go, where'd you get that? Oh, that's the Bible? That archaic old foolish book? Let me tell you, it's their loss. It's their loss. It's like being underwater and you offering them some oxygen. It's their loss. He says, but not everyone welcomes the good news, although the good news always produces faith and it always produces results. Isaiah tells us that. It, it always accomplishes what God sent it to do and it will prosper where he sent his word, always. And then he goes and he tells us a, a secret. He says in verse 17, yet faith Game-changing faith, yet faith comes from listening to this message of good news, the good news about Christ. Faith does not come by watching the Super Bowl. 
or listening to it on the radio. Now, it's fun. It's enjoyable. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I'm saying that's not what produces faith in us. He says, faith comes from listening to this message of good news, the good news about Christ. Faith doesn't come just by watching TV or listening to the news and all the other hundreds of things, thousands of things we can do. Faith don't come by getting your master's and getting your doctor's degree. Faith don't come by that. Faith comes by hearing God's word. God's word clearly makes that clear. First John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For everyone born of God. Now, you've heard the term being born of God? You ever heard the term being born again? That, that term is found in the book of John. We're not going to look at it right now, but you can look up John chapter 3. You'll see it. And this guy named Nicodemus, he came to Jesus. He, he was one of the leaders. He came to Jesus and talked to him and, and, and you know, said you know, about what he should do and so forth. And Jesus said, you must be born again if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, if you want to experience the kingdom of heaven. I mean, if you want to go to heaven, you must. Jesus said must. It's not like, well, you can if you want to. You must be born again if you want to experience the kingdom of heaven. And you remember Nicodemus he was going, I'm an old man. How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And Jesus said, you know, you're talking about human reproduction here. He said, that which is born of water is water, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. And you know when a person is born, naturally born, the, the baby grows in this big old sack of water, and mama's water breaks, you know baby's not too far behind. That's just the way it is. But see, when you're born again, it's a spiritual thing that takes place. It's real. There's a spiritual thing that takes place, and it just takes a, a, a few moments for the process to take place. And then just like a little baby, it takes a long time for us to mature, you know. And we, 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 we mature quicker than others if we got a good healthy diet of his word. We grow and, and, and all, you know. So Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born of the Spirit, you know. So let me back up. This is an awesome passage here in Romans, uh, no, 1 John chapter 5, 4 says, for everyone born of God overcomes. Everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, overcomes. I like the idea of, over. you know, you understand overcoming? You understand overcoming? He says, not everyone welcomes the good news, right? But if you hear some good news, how you can become an overcomer, are you interested? Well, if you're a football player, you are, you know. But 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Our faith, and faith is the game changer. And all of the men and women who are born again, who who've allowed their roots to grow down deep into God's marvelous love and just draws it back up, and they're born of God, they overcome the world because of their faith. See? And we don't need to have stunted faith. We need to not have underdeveloped, but we need to develop our faith. And we do it by, faith comes by hearing the word. See, it develops and it strengthens it. And then he goes on to say in 1 John 5, verse 5, it says, who is it that overcomes the world? Only 
He who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That's who overcomes. You believe in Jesus. You know, the Son of the living God. And here we come to a very short portion of Scripture, but very powerful. And it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it says, it talks about but faith, faith. You know, that, that faith that, that changes the game. Faith which, what's that word? Worketh. That's talking about to be active. You know, it's talking about um, to be effectual. It's talking about being mighty. But faith worketh by love. Faith work. Let me explain. How many of you here got a, a smartphone with you? Wow, look at all those phones. Wow. What makes your smartphone work? You're close. Somebody said a battery. How many of you ever had a dead battery in your phone? So a battery ain't what makes your phone work. What is it? It's really basic, simple. Electricity? Trust me. It's electricity. You can have your pocket full of money and have a dead battery, okay? You can have a brilliant, excellent, fantastic mind, and your phone can be dead in your pocket. If you don't have electricity, your phone ain't going to... And let me tell you something. Not only a smartphone, but a dumb phone needs electricity, too. Okay? So, how many of you have a phone charger? How many of you have more than one? I'm not exaggerating. I buy four phone chargers every three months. They evaporate. I don't know where they go. My family, I do buy certain color ones, and I do see them moving and running my house. I have a phone charger in my car and one in my bedroom. I have one in the bathroom, one in the kitchen, one everywhere. So you just go like, there's one. Okay. Because you need electricity for your phone to work a and the Bible says, faith worketh by love. And when the scripture says, let your roots grow down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. Oh, wow, what's the greatest commandment there is? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And if you love God, genuinely love God, and then you love other people, then the faith that comes will work. If, if you're bitter and resentful and, and you don't love God or you don't love people, you're selfish and, and you wonder, well, why don't my faith work? Faith worketh by love. Cell phone worketh by electricity. It's the same thing. And you know you can charge your faith just like you charge your phone. You know, you don't want to be a shrub, underdeveloped, undercharged. We can charge it. We can beef it up if we want to. Anyhow, let me read it again. <clears throat> Colossians 2, 7 says, Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith, you know, strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. Roots are growing down into Christ, just drawing up his love, his love for him, his love for others. You know, and now the faith that's coming into my life is going to work. We're, we're talking about game-changing faith. 
right here. Let me read this again. Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. And, and we may have to kind of scroll it. Sometimes all the words don't show up on this one for some reason. But it says, let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. So you will grow in faith, strong and vigorous in the truth you are taught. And then it says, let your lives overflow with, excuse me? Let your lives overflow with what? Thanksgiving for all he's done. Now, this is really critical. This is important. Don't miss this. Thanksgiving and praise is the evidence of faith. It is evidence. You're thanking God for all the things he's done, you know, and you're thanking him for all the things you've asked him for that he's going to yet, you know, bring about a transformation in the future. You're thanking him and praising him for all the history you have with him and what he's doing now and what he's going to do in the future. Thanksgiving is evidence of faith. Now, important question. And you say, you're jumping everywhere all over the place. But it all connects together eventually, I think. You know, what type animal does a lion most often attack? I mean, some of those answers are right, but I heard somebody say a weak one, a sick one, because he can catch it without exerting a whole lot of effort. And let me tell you something. What is it that tips off the devil? Now, now listen to what it says here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Guess what it is that tips Satan off? That your faith is sick, underdeveloped, and weak. Your praise goes sour. Your thanksgiving disappears. All of a sudden, someone's gossiping. And you see the lion's ears go. And he sees a man or a woman whose faith is underdeveloped. He hears the gossip and the grumbling, the complaining. Ah, there's a weak one. And the Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 8, be self-controlled. Be alert. Don't football players need to have some self-control? Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking, looking for someone to devour. Ah, Oh, the praise has turned sour. Weak faith. Ah. Gossiper. Grumbling, moaning, groaning, always looking on the negative side of things. It tips the devil off that you are one with weak faith. You don't have a shield of faith and a sword of spirit that you can conquer him with. Once again, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the, in the faith. Strong faith, developed faith. But faith that's working by 
because you love God and you love God's people. It's not self-centered, you see. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Complaining is a sign that your faith is slipping. It's important to understand that. And that, that weakness of complaining, it, it, it signals to the lion, attack and devour. I don't want to signal him that, do you? No, not at all. Well, one more verse, and then I'm going to play you a song. In Matthew chapter 9, and as I said, this is just kind of, this is just the old playbook that God gave us, you know? Just the old playbook that we just need to pay attention to and get it down in us, you know, and apply these things to our life. There's a couple of blind men who are hearing all kinds of wonderful, fantastic things that Jesus is doing back in the days when Jesus walked this earth. And they're hearing about this and this and this, and they're trying to catch up with Jesus, and they hear where he's at, and they're, you know, probably tripping, falling. They're asking people, could you help lead us over to this place? And anyhow, they found out where Jesus was at, and they just walked into the house. And the first thing they said is like, Lord, please heal us. And listen what takes place from there. Matthew chapter 9, verse 28. They went right into the house, these two blind men, where he, Jesus, was staying. And Jesus asked them. They went in, and Jesus asked them a question. Do you believe I can make you see? Now, if you've got ears to hear right this moment, many of you could probably hear Jesus saying, do you believe that I can heal you? Do you believe that I can provide the finances that you have need of? Do you believe I can provide you that relationship or I can heal that relationship? Do you believe that I can do? And you don't have to say it out loud now, but your response is really key to what happens to you. Listen to what he says. Jesus asked him, do you believe I can make you see? What do they say? No, they didn't. They said, yes, Lord. That was what they said, not, yes, Lord. <laughs> see, they had the game changer in their corner. They genuinely believed he could and he would. That's why they got there. That's why they went through all the difficulty to find him. Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him. We do. They were in agreement with each other, and they were in agreement with what everybody had been saying about Jesus, you know. And when Jesus touched their eyes and said, because of not Jesus' faith. He said, because of your faith, it will happen. That was a game changer. Faith is the game changer. Do you believe that God can help you in your situation right now? Three of you. Okay, that's good. Do you believe that God can help you no matter what's going on? That's better. Do you believe that God can help you even though it looks impossible? Absolutely. Because of your faith, it will happen. Faith is what pleases Almighty God. Without it, you can't please him. Faith is a game changer. I want you to listen to this song and then we'll close with a, a word of prayer.
times Gotta find the strength to rise From the ashes And make a new beginning Anyone can feel the ache You think it's more than you can take But you're stronger Stronger than you know Don't you give up now The sun will soon be shining You gotta face the clouds To find the silver lining I've seen dreams that move the mountains Hope that doesn't ever end Even when the sky is falling I've seen miracles just happen Silent prayers get answered Broken hearts become brand new that's what faith can do It doesn't matter what you've heard Impossible is not a word It's just a reason For someone not to try Everybody's scared to death When they decide to take that step out on the water, it'll be alright. Lots so much more than what your eyes are seeing. You will find your way if you keep believing. I've seen dreams that move the mountains. Hope that inspiring song but mainly because it's based upon what God's word says and I'm telling you that faith is a game changer in your life and our first step of faith is always to open the door of our heart and welcome Jesus in and that's what I want to do right now 
is just that we'll just pray together. So would you join me as we bow our heads together? And I want to give you opportunities to reaffirm your faith, to reaffirm your faith, which is a game changer, in Almighty God and His Son, Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you've never, ever released your faith. You never exerted any faith at all. You never let it come in. But today, you're going to have faith that Jesus is who he said he was. And that he paid for your sins when he died and he rose from the dead. So if, if you would like to join in our prayer right now and let Jesus come into your life, please do. And those of you who already know it, would you reaffirm your faith as we pray together right now out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that the best is yet to come because you sent your son Jesus. I believe he died in my place. And I believe he rose from the dead. And I believe that Jesus is knocking on the door of my heart. And I open wide the door. And I welcome him in as my Savior, as my Lord, as my soon-coming king. I welcome him as my friend, as my shepherd, as my all in all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, before you leave, we got just another little something I have here in my bag. You don't want to miss this. You know what this is? What's it look like? Looks just like salt, but I think it's sugar. Let me ask you, how many of, how many of you like um, how many of you like cookies? How many of you like pies? Cake? Maybe a little candy here and there. Well, let me ask you something. But, well, before we go any further, i got to find out. This looks just like salt. It really does. It looks just like salt. You think it would be okay if I just taste a little bit? Mmm. <laughs> I got enough energy for 10 more minutes now. <laughs> Maybe we should try that again. <laughs> Let me ask you. When someone offers you a cookie, does it make a difference at all whether they put sugar in it or not? You know, you eat that cookie, a big old piece of pie, whatever it might be, and there ain't no sugar or a sugar substitute, okay? Got to qualify that. And you take a bite and you go, ah, yeah. You're expecting something sweet, and it wasn't sweet. And they offer you a no, and you go, oh, that's okay, I, I have plenty. But if it's delicious and sweet the way you like it, you, you know, can I have another handful, please? <laughs> Does sugar really make a difference? Try to buy something that don't have sugar in it. Even when you don't think it has sugar in it, it's got sugar in it. 
But what I'm trying to say is sugar is a game changer when it comes to cookies and pies and cakes and stuff. Is it not? And though it's just a little old ingredient, it makes a big difference. And you know what the Bible tells us? That if we had just a little bit of faith, faith like a grain of mustard seed, it could move a mountain. Just a little bit of faith. So, I'm telling you, it's worth you coming out today because our ushers have one of these for each of you when you leave. <laughs> so you can remember that faith often looks like it's just a small little old something, but it's a game changer. Just like sugar is a game changer in that wonderful apple pie that you're going to have today with vanilla ice cream on top of it and whipped cream and chocolate syrup and cherries. You can tell I ain't had nothing but a bag of sugar all day. I'm... Listen, uh, enjoy your game today. Please let us know if you don't get the uh, flyers. You know, please pray for those girls who have been absolutely abused and they are actually a slave in our own nation right now. And, uh, you know, be back next week and we'll continue what we're talking about. God bless you. Oh, don't forget. All right, one more thing. There are people who will be up here to pray with you.